Hello, everyone. Welcome to Soulmates Podcast, live via Zoom. This is Emily. And this is Rachel. Hey, Rachel. How are you doing? You know. <laughs> We're recording this on a Monday, so. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have Monday brain, to be quite well, honest. To cheer you up, we're going to actually talk about something we enjoy, which is being couch potatoes Hell and yeah. talking about TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're going to do another Soulmates Recommends, and we're going to do three TV shows each that we really think you should watch. So my first recommendation is The Good Place, and you've probably heard of this. If you have not watched it, this is your sign to watch it. It's an American fantasy comedy, and it was created by Michael Schur, who created Parks and Rec. Really, really funny shows. It is four seasons long, has 53 episodes, so you can really dig your teeth into it. All the seasons are available on Netflix right now. For a while, they only had three seasons. I used a VPN to watch the fourth season in England. (laughs) (laughs) But now, now all four seasons are on United States Netflix, if you're interested. So this is what it's about. The first season. (laughs) Although the plot evolves significantly over the course of the series, the initial premise follows Eleanor Shellstrop, a woman welcomed after her death to The Good Place, a highly selective heaven-like utopia designed and run by afterlife architect Michael, as a reward for her righteous life. However, she realizes that she was sent there by mistake, and must hide her morally imperfect past behavior while trying to become a better and more ethical person. It's really fucking funny. Kristen Bell is playing the meanest, cutest person. She's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. There there are so many good characters in this, and Mm. it's very diverse, too. I am in love with Jason on this show. (laughs) (laughs) He is the dumb-as-rocks Jacksonville, Florida DJ, <laughs> who, uh, I don't even want to spoil it, but he is my favorite. Just know that. It, it's really good. It has a great cast. It's well acted. It's well paced. And it left on a high note. And it will make you cry the last episode. We love crying while watching TV. <laughs> oh, you don't... Pff, my, my next one is all crying. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right, so my first recommendation is The Irregulars, which is a British mystery adventure crime drama television series that was created by Tom Bidwell. And I did not know this, but apparently it was canceled this month. Mm. So there's only one season. So the first and only season aired in March of 2021. They just canceled it, so pretty quick turnaround, but in general, it did get average reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's not like a horrible piece of shit TV show, (laughs) otherwise I wouldn't be recommending it. It is eight episodes long, and each episode is just under an hour, so it's not a huge time commitment. Um, I think I watched all of the season in about five days, and I wasn't binging it, obviously, so it's short and sweet. (laughs) The synopsis for The Irregulars is this. Set in Victorian London, the series follows a gang of troubled street teens who are manipulated into solving crimes for the sinister Dr. Watson and his mysterious business partner, the elusive Sherlock Holmes. So I really liked this TV show because it was an interesting twist on like traditional Sherlock Holmes lore. Usually Dr. Watson is 
a positive character, kind of like the, almost like the foil to Sherlock Holmes, where Sherlock is kind of a sinister addict type person. Dr. Watson is usually the kind voice of reason who apologizes for Sherlock's behavior. But in this rendering, Dr. Watson is cold and calculating and manipulative. So it's an interesting twist on this story, and it really does not focus on Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson, even though they are in the story. It really focuses on this group of troubled street teens, uh, specifically the leader of their group, who is played by an Asian actress and I didn't look on Wikipedia long enough to get her name. Editor's note. So I went ahead and I looked up the actress's name, and her name is Thadia Graham. And she's actually a pretty prolific actress already. She's been in several BBC shows, and she is 24 years old. So go check her out if you're interested. She is absolutely fantastic, and I really like that this series has a diverse cast. Because believe it or not, in Victorian London, there were people of color, even then. So it was nice to have that sprinkled in there, although they did not address any prejudice that I'm sure existed back then as well. So even though there is no second season, the first season, I think, wraps things up decently well. So you're not going to be horribly disappointed that there is no second season. And I do think it's worth a watch just because it is such an interesting take on Sherlock Holmes lore and because of its diverse cast and honestly, pretty decent character building even in eight episodes. So my second show that I'm going to recommend is called It's a Sin. This is a British television drama miniseries written and created by Russell T. Davies, who has done a lot of work in the UK. This is only available on HBO Max. There is only five episodes for this. And I'm pissed off that there's only five episodes because I thought this was one of the best shows I've seen in a really long time. It, like, shot an arrow straight, like, through my heart. The series follows a group of gay men and their female friend who moved to London in 1981, and they form a really tight friend group. In the background, the HIV-AIDS crisis in the United Kingdom starts to ramp up, and the show is about how the HIV epidemic impacted the gay community in London in that time. Mm. Over five episodes, the group are shown living together through an entire decade until 1991, and I'm gonna let you know the ending is sad. (laughs) I was sobbing really hard at the last episode. I was, by episode three, I was crying, and then four, I was crying, and then five, I was like, gone. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, it's, it's really good and entertaining, All the characters in this are really lovable, and you root for them so hard. And it it shows the joy that was, you know, gay life, even during the epidemic of HIV-AIDS, you know? Mm -hmm. And And it's devastating impact on the queer community. And... That reminds me of Pose, Mm -hmm. which is also a fantastic TV show that you should watch, but it is sad in the parts where they are addressing the HIV AIDS epidemic that was occurring in the United States at the time and how it affected the queer community at large. Yeah. So this starts in 1981, where there was something happening in the US, but nothing being reported on in the UK. And it starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And the government isn't saying anything. No one is doing anything. And it's about And the female friend becomes like a 
AIDS activist and they do a lot of stuff in the United States. They had like ACT UP. It was similar to that. They had a die-in where they stopped traffic and like died in the street. And yeah, it's... So this affected me so much. I wanted to find out more about the people who made it and the actors. And while doing some research, (laughs) apparently this was a very hard sell to networks because of the subject matter of HIV AIDS. Mm. And that just, that makes me so mad. (laughs) Yeah, that that there's still stigma and people are still not wanting to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that this is only five episodes, that was a compromise. It was supposed to be like ten. And they only were greenlit for five. So I just think that's complete bullshit. And I really, really hope that there is a season two out there. I highly doubt it because British shows never get second seasons. Yeah. So if you have HBO Max, watch it. It is really good. Keep some tissues on hand for episodes three to five. But like, you're going to fall in love with it. It's so good. So my second recommendation is an older show, but still a good show. It is called I Zombie, and you've probably heard me talk about it before on an episode, and I'm sorry, <laughs> but I was really racking my brain for TV shows to recommend just because I've been watching a lot of anime lately. <laughs> and Maybe we should just recommend anime next time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can. We I thought we did, did not we? that long ago. Yeah, so... <laughs> So Netflix is a little barren for me right now, so I'm going to recommend iZombie because it's something I return to every time they release a new season on Netflix. So iZombie is an American supernatural procedural crime drama television series that was developed by Rob Thomas and Diane Ruggiero Wright, and it originally aired on the CW, but it's all on Netflix now. What I find really cool about iZombie is that it is a loose adaptation of a comic book series of the same name that was created by Chris Robertson and Michael Allred, and it was published by DC Comics. So some of the style of this TV show is like comic book style, which I think is interesting. So iZombie premiered originally March 17th, 2015. So again, (laughs) this show has been around for a while. And it ran for five seasons, ending on August 1st, 2019. So the synopsis of iZombie is this, and this is a longer one, so bear with me. Seattle medical resident Olivia, who goes by Liv Moore, is turned into a zombie while attending a boat party. She abandons her career and breaks up with her fiancé, much to the disappointment and puzzlement of her family. She discovers that if she does not periodically satisfy her new appetite for brains, she will turn into a stereotypically stupid and homicidal zombie. Instead of feeding by killing innocent people, Liv decides to take a job at the King County Morgue and eat the brains of the corpses she autopsies. Her secret is guessed by her boss, Dr. Ravi Chakrabarty. Ravi soon becomes Liv's friend and confidant, and as a scientist, he is intrigued by her condition. Whenever Liv eats a dead person's brain, she temporarily inherits some of their personality traits and skills and she experiences flashbacks of that person's life. In the case of murder victims, the flashbacks offer clues about the killer. Liv uses this new ability to help police detective Clive Babineau solve crimes. She passes herself off as a psychic as she helps solve these murders alongside Babineau. (laughs) 
Meanwhile, Ravi is working to develop a cure for Liv's affliction in the hope that one day she will be able to return to her former life. There's a lot going on. Yes. <laughs> it's such a good show. It has multiple plot lines happening at once. So a lot of the episodes are episodic, meaning that they're trying to solve the, you know, the the murder case of the episode. But there's also plot lines happening in the background as Ravi is working on a cure and as the zombie problem grows in Seattle and political plots are, are revealed as well. It's so, Amazon, isn't it? <laughs> kinda, yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, th- this is a cool twist on a zombie storyline. I love that it uses comic book elements and I love that it's a mix of like sci-fi and supernatural, especially as Ravi is searching for these uh, for a cure for the zombie infections. And as that becomes researched by people other than Ravi also. So I cannot recommend the show enough. It also weaves in romantic storylines and things too. So like it is, it is a very well done story and it is definitely worth watching all five seasons. So my last show I'm recommending is called Sex Education. And I think I've talked about this before, like a year ago. I don't remember. Don't tell us if we, <laughs> if we repeated one. It's another British comedy drama, and this one was created by Laurie Nunn. It has two seasons out on Netflix right now, and it was renewed for a third season. Hallelujah. <laughs> so this series follows the story of Otis. He's an insecure teenager at Moordale Secondary School who is ambivalent about sex, even though his mom is a sex therapist who is... Jillian Anderson, the foxiest, like the, the milkiest milk. <laughs> After accidentally assisting a school bully with his sexual performance anxiety, he sets up a sex advice business with his friend Maeve to help fellow students and earn some money. Of course, he doesn't know anything about sex, but they fake it. <laughs> so that was the first season. The second season has Otis actually being in a relationship with someone and you see the highs and lows of that and the the reality and the pressures of high school romance and and the big thing for season two is that there's a chlamydia outbreak so there's a lot of things that happen because of that (laughs) yeah yeah it's so funny i love otis's best friend eric who is a queer person and his family's from Nigeria and he has the best outfits period (laughs) as a fellow queer I'm like yes me and you (laughs) yeah like so many of the side characters are so endearing even if Otis can be a little annoying but overall he's an okay guy (laughs) nice it's just real funny and Jillian Anderson I cannot (laughs) express how milfy she is in this (laughs) crazy milfy (laughs) We do love to see it. So my last recommendation is going to be Schitt's Creek. And I'm sure that you've heard me and Emily talk about it before on a previous episode, but this is my official recommendation. And I'm sure Emily's official recommendation as well. This is a Canadian television sitcom that was created by a father and son duo who actually star in the show. Also, Eugene and Dan Levy. The eyebrows are so strong in that family. Yes. (laughs) Yes, they are. This show originally aired on CBC television from January 13th, 2015 to April 7th, 2020. 
It consists of 80 episodes spread over six seasons, and it is all on Netflix. There's also a making of Schitt's Creek like movie afterwards that you will need to watch after the sixth season because you will have intense withdrawals. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the synopsis for Schitt's Creek. The wealthy Rose family, video store magnate Johnny, who is played by Eugene Levy, his wife and former soap opera actress Moira, who's played by Catherine O'Hara, love, and their pampered adult children David, who's played by Dan Levy, and Alexis, who's played by Annie Murphy. They all lose their fortune after being defrauded by their business manager. So they rebuild their lives with their sole remaining asset, which happens to be a small town named Schitt's Creek, which Johnny bought for David as a joke birthday gift in 1991. (laughs) Amazing. The Roses relocate to Schitt's Creek, moving into two adjacent rooms in a rundown motel. While the family adjusts to their new lives, their well-to-do attitudes come into conflict with the more provincial residents of Schitt's Creek, including Mayor Roland Schitt, who's played by Chris (laughs) Elliott, his wife Jocelyn... His wife, Jocelyn, who's played by Jen Robertson, and the motel's manager, Stevie Budd, who's played by Emily Hampshire. They also get involved with the town council, whose members are Ronnie, who's played by Karen Robinson, Bob, played by John Hemphill, and also the town's veterinarian, Ted Mullins, played by Dustin Milligan, and... (laughs) My favorite character by the end, Jazzigal member and Cafe Tropical waitress... Twyla Sands, who's played by Sarah Levy. So that that that's his sister. Yes, that's his that's sister. Dan's sister. Yeah, <laughs> she does not look anything like them. No, she doesn't. No, I didn't even know that they were related until I watched like the post movie thing <laughs> that they had on Netflix. So Shit's Creek is an insanely hilarious show, which you would hope with the name Shit's Creek. I literally laughed every single episode until my stomach hurt. That has fantastic character building throughout the six seasons and i mean like it is (laughs) it is uncomfortable to watch the character building sometimes but it is extremely well written in that way i also think it does a great job of being really funny one moment and making you cry the next because you're so invested in the characters and their lives that when like emotional romantic things are happening you just get like i was incredibly invested <laughs> in everyone's relationships and it is just such a pure hilarious good show there is a reason why netflix created the like after show <laughs> breakdown because when you finish the last episode of season 6 it's like a it's like you are no longer getting your dopamine hit and you're like, I just want, I want the feel good, the funny thing again. <laughs> but they decided to cancel the show themselves. Uh, Eugene and um, Dan Levy decided to do that because they felt they ended the show on a good note and they didn't want to stretch it out longer so that it would end weirdly. And I respect that. But I also <laughs> really miss the show and probably will rewatch it just because it gives you lots of good feelings. A testament to this show is that when my mom came to visit me and I had to go to work, I put Shit's Creek on and left. And she just left it on all day and watched it. Yep. <laughs> it was that funny. Yes. Uh, such a good show. So I have one more recommendation. 
I literally just watched it, so it's before I made my notes. It's called Ted Lasso. Just look it up. It's amazing. I love it. If we do this recommendation thing again, I'm definitely talking about it. So, what's your uh, K-pop recommendation, Rachel? My weekly K-pop recommendation is going to be KKPP by Miso. My weekly recommendation is going to be Wiggle by Hello Venus, the OG ho anthem. Thank you so much for listening to this Soulmates Recommends episode. You can find Soulmates Podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash soulmatespodcast. You can check us out on Instagram at soulmatespodcast. Send us an email at soulmatespodcast at gmail.com. Check out some of our videos on YouTube under our channel name, Soulmates Podcast. You can find this program pretty much anywhere podcasts can be found, iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever. Whatever you're doing right now, make sure you are subscribing and following so you can listen to us every single Friday. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.